Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. We're heading off to Australia and New Zealand, where we will be appearing live and recording an episode in Christchurch on the 11th of May, Auckland on the 14th of May, Wellington on the 15th of May, Adelaide on the 18th of May, Perth on the 20th, Sydney on the 23rd, Melbourne on the 25th, Brisbane on the 27th, and finally Canberra on the 28th of May. So get in and get your tickets now. They are going very fast. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and just click on live shows for any of these events. We acknowledge and pay our respects to the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land we gather on. We acknowledge the deep feelings of attachment and relationship of the Gadigal people to country, and we respect and value their past, present, and ongoing connection to the land and cultural beliefs. We wish to pay respects to elders, past, present, and emerging. I'm a feminist, but... Hello, Sydney! We are finally in you. And I'm a feminist, but... Yesterday, as is my tradition, when I am home in Australia, I went to Honey Bidette to get myself one of those BDSM bras my end of tour treat and I got a little burnt orange number with a zip down the front and when I showed Grace Petrie she said easy access <laughs> and I said the trouble is with easy access when you pull the zip down everything just falls <laughs> this excellent scaffolding which admittedly caught the eye of two men and one woman in a coffee shop I was in today <laughs> is frankly featuring coming attractions <laughs> that are not in the movie <laughs> and Grace said that's all lingerie let's be honest it's gift wrap and I said, yeah, but when you open it from the back, it's sort of, you can slide it out and then perk them up again. When it's from the front, they're just like... <laughs> um, and then I realised in the coffee shop, the reason that the two men and one woman were staring, I was thinking, it's working. And then I looked down and realised my top was fully unbuttoned and it was fully on display. <laughs> just, just, just so you can see. Okay, it's quite nice, isn't it? Can you see that? Yeah. And it's got this little zip here. Oh, down, 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 up. There you go. <laughs> Honey Badet, if you're listening, send me a free bra. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... When Deborah Francis White admired my trousers so much that she wanted to buy a pair from the same place... <laughs> excited to introduce her to et al if they want to give me a free pair of trousers but I also told her that when she goes back to England every time she wears them she has to verbally credit me <laughs> TM Cal so I got these from the QVB today just across the road here um, if you're listening internationally that's the Queen Victoria building a very, very glamorous shopping centre. And I went in, and there was a lady there, and she was very attentive. And uh, I said, I thought, oh, I wonder if I could get a little discount here. So I asked her to take a picture to check, you know, check the angles. Um, Just, uh, was your shirt done up at this point? Or was this... <laughs> I wasn't using my shirt to get a discount. I was using you. Oh. I said to, to the lady, oh, I'm just texting this to Cal Wilson. She recommended I come here. And she just looked at me and I went, she's on the television a lot, you know her. And she was French and she just went, I do not watch television. And what I can't believe is that you obviously met my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> so we both have these uh, now pantalons. Um, these, I call these, uh, these are my, I have a message for the king pants. <laughs> 
I now also have a message for the king. It's just her news is from the east and mine's from the west. I feel like if you were going to time travel, you could meet Shakespeare in these pants. Yes. And he would be, who art thou, foppish knave? Oh, I might wear a codpiece and disguise myself as a youth. I might wear two and disguise myself as a woman. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but... But despite having no upper body strength, I once took a labouring job solely for the purpose of picking up women while wearing spunky little overalls. (laughs) And it didn't work. (laughs) It didn't work? I don't believe it. I was in the wrong part of the city. I blame myself. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but... I genuinely can't think of anything worse than Deborah revealing that I described lingerie as gift wrap. Um, which I did in, in confidence. I'm so sorry, Grace. I'm um, so no, sorry. No, no, no. Hey, nothing is off limits on the tour, you know. We've spent yeah. a lot of time together and on stage and Arguably offstage. Arguably too much. You know. Yeah. The line between on stage and offstage gets more blurry every day. Uh, I'm so sorry, Grace. She said it in the spirit of fun. I thought you were going to say in the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> it's also true. I guess it's true. I guess it's true, you know? Mm. You, I mean, you, you'd know <laughs> with the overalls, overalls gate, you know? Yeah, they're not gift wrap in the right way. They, they weren't gift wrap, no, no. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... Look, as a, as a French-born Australian, I'm torn between two uh, cultures, Australia and France, full of passion and perfume and beautiful things. And I have to admit that every time I go to a French cafe in France and those male waiters come up to you and instead of saying, what do you want, say, que désirez-vous? What do you desire? Oh. And I say, you, obviously. But... <laughs> I reply, un café, s'il vous plaît. I know that deep down inside, I'm a bad feminist. <laughs> Une mauvaise féministe. Mauvaise. Mm. I am a feminist, but I am aroused by this whole story. <laughs> Please speak more French to me. The rest of you can go. A little Just later on. I'll speak French later. On est tous là, personne comprend, il y aura peut-être deux ou trois personnes, on ne va pas continuer toute la nuit. Mais de toute façon, il y a quelqu'un d'autre, there is someone else sur ce panel, on this panel, qui peut parler français, but more will be revealed. <gasps> An autre personne. I'm a feminist, but... I've curated my life to involve so few cisgender heterosexual men that I sometimes forget to do feminism at all. Like, I understand, I understand sexism happens, I see it on the news, but it affects me so little in my day-to-day life that my feminism muscles have just atrophied. on the back and I don't mind telling you there was some discussion amongst the guests tonight Um, Julia Zamira said to me I feel like you're going to save the world in that cape and I said look I don't know if I'm going to save the world I'll be honest with you I make no guarantees but I tell you this I'm more likely to save the world in this cape than not in this cape so I'm saying, I, I mean, obviously I am not going to save the world. But if somebody said, right, you've got to save the world, Deb, it's only down to you. So I'd definitely give it a go, wouldn't you? Any of us would. If I just pointed at you and said, it's only you can save the world, you've got five minutes, you obviously wouldn't just go, oh, modesty prevents me from attempting it, right? 
all of us would have a responsibility if it was thrown to us to try and save the world. I would definitely put the cape on, just because I think my chances would go up exponentially. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We all need a cape. We all need a feminist superhero cape in, in case. Is that somebody coming in there late? Hello, welcome. It's not one of those shows where we're gonna make you feel bad for being late. You were probably doing some feminism. <laughs> they were probably doing some feminism. What's your name? Francis. Francis? <gasps> Another Francis. I'm Deborah Francis White. This is amazing. Francis, were you doing some feminism? <laughs> were you doing some feminism, Francis? Refugee rights. Refugee rights, of course you were. <laughs> is that what you were doing and that's why you're late? Really? I absolutely love you. I have come to understand from traveling around, we just toured the UK, then we've toured Australia and New Zealand, and uh, Australia again, you're our last, our last show of the tour. We've saved the best for last, Sydney. And I've come to understand that every single one of my audience are either teacher or in the healthcare profession, Something to do with refugee rights or some other form of social action in some way, shape, or form, or they are writing a dissertation on Virginia Woolf. <laughs> Those are the three things people are doing. Give us a cheer if you are a teacher or in healthcare of some sort. Give us a cheer if, you ha if your job is some kind of social action situation, something that makes the world a better place. Give us a cheer if you're doing a dissertation on Virginia Woolf. Oh, loads. Usually it's only one. Um, is anyone genuinely doing one on actual Virginia Woolf? Oh, what are you doing one on? Jeanette Winterson, close enough. Oranges are not the only room of one's own. It's absolutely close enough. Uh, what are you doing? Is this a bachelor, master's? You're doing a Master of Arts in English Literature and you're doing a Jeanette Whitteson, if people don't know her, amazing queer writer. Um, listen, do you need funding? <laughs> we can get you some funding in this room. I've come to realize that in any given guilty feminist audience of this size, we could just lock the doors and solve a good 25% of the world's problems. <laughs> we can certainly do some, we can do, certainly do some sharing here. Um, I'm going to ask if you've done any feminism since I've seen you last, Sydney, because I don't know if this happened here, but in London we had a global pandemic. <laughs> and it was terrible. We were locked down forever and ages. And I don't know if you heard about the London lockdowns. They were like the Melbourne lockdowns, which apparently you did not suffer from. Why? Because Sydney's special. Yeah, Melbourne's pissed off. I've just been there. They, don't, they, they like you even less than usual, which is... Not great, gang. Not, 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 not great. So because of that, because of the London lockdowns, I haven't been able to come and see you. And also getting in and out of Australia has been just impossible. Uh, so I haven't been able to see you for two and a half years. So I want to know what feminism you've been doing. But I'm asking to start with something low level. Brisbane understood the assignment. <laughs> I uh, didn't shave my legs for six weeks. But then I was coming out tonight and I thought, oh, they could do with a bit of a going over. That was the Brisbane absolutely got just leapt over that assignment um, so Sydney has anyone got yes yes what's your name Emma. hello Emma hi hi what is your lonely act of feminism that's not going to intimidate people I bought tickets for my ex-students to come tonight <laughs> lovely you bought tickets for your ex-students yes I'm a teacher you're a teacher school. oh and um they were, I run a, a collective voice group, which is a feminist and LGBTQI rights group. Wonderful. And um, two of my most wonderful students who were in year 12 last year and graduated, I bought them tickets to come tonight. Well, that's absolutely wonderful. And also far too good. <laughs> so you're a teacher on a teacher's salary yes. and you've bought tickets for a show of, about feminism for former students when you're being paid, presumably by the government, not enough. The hours are very long. I am at a private school, but... Yeah. Okay. Well, the, they've turned. They've turned, Emma. They've turned. That was the real I'm a feminist but, wasn't it? That was the real guilty feminist. Yeah. So you've bought them for very privileged children whose parents... Have paid 
a hundred grand a year for their education already. You know they can afford their own tickets. They're, they're richer than you. That's what I'm saying, Emma. So this is a choice act. No, we're, we also with, bought tickets for some other friends. You well. bought some tickets for other friends. Well, if you would this would this theatre be half empty were it not for you, Emma? So just give us a cheer if Emma bought you a ticket. It cannot be that many of you. Oh, Emma, Emma, thank you so much. Big round of applause for Emma. Anyone else? Anyone got a lowly act of feminism? I think that was a bit too good. Yes? What's yours up there? I'll just repeat it into the mic after you. You bought eight tickets and four of them are for husbands. Are they all your husbands or? Hey, I'm down with the polyamory, but I'm. Oh, you brought four men who didn't know what they were coming to. What did you tell them it was? What did they think it was? Comedy. So you just said, broadly, guys, comedy. You don't need to know anymore. It's at the State Theatre. You know the sort of thing. Men with mics talking about their mothers-in-law, something like that. Vague, vague, vague. And then they came, and now they're trapped. And they can't get out. They're checking the exits. Uh, lads, are you enjoying it? Not so far. Chaps? Lads, what's your, what, what, the, lead, the lead singer there, the, 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 the spokesman, what's your name? Let's just say two are out the back with a beer and two are trapped by the beer. Two are out the back with a beer and two are trapped by a, what, trapped in their seats? Have you tied them down? This is verging on illegal. You're very welcome. We welcome cisgendered straight men. You're all welcome. There's nothing. It is an unapologetic space for women and people of minority genders, of course, but it's not. You're very welcome. Uh, if you're a cisgendered straight man, do you give us a cheer? Yes? Aye. We're happy and we're confident. What's your name, sir? Tristan. Tristan. Do you listen to the podcast? Do you do? So would you consider yourself a feminist? You do. And uh, how would we know you're a feminist if you didn't tell us? Talk to co-workers. You have references, Tristan. I see. <laughs> Very good, Tristan. Have you allied for co-workers? Oh, you've got to say this into the mic. Tristan. Big round of applause for Tristan. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Tristan. Great name, by the way. And great, great shiny green coat as well. Very cute. <laughs> Adorable, Tristan. Are you single? Uh, for about three days now. You've been single for three days? Well, if you can't pull here, Tristan, you can't pull in a women's prison. <laughs> Self-confessed feminist about to tell us a story. Strap in. <laughs> Go on, Tristan. Okay. I'm so, so sorry. Sorry for your breakup, by the way. I should have said that. <laughs> I was straight on to the next thing, which is positive. You know, I like to be positive, Tristan, but I'm sorry about that. that that's all right. And thank you for coming. It's, it's not about me. It's not about you. Tristan's not censoring himself. Oh, oh, it's a move, isn't it? It's a move from Tristan. It's not about him. He's not censoring himself. Go on, Tristan. Tell us more about how it's not about you. Okay. Um... So I work at a research institute and... A research institute? What yeah. are you researching, Tristan? Uh, it's marine science. Marine science? Are you saving the world, Tristan? Uh, <laughs> because not, not me personally. Not, me, you're not you personally, but what, what, what are you researching then? Uh, so I'm a technician, so I build research systems. You build research systems, so yeah. what we can save what's under the ocean? Yeah, that's the idea. Oh, so you are saving the world, Tristan. <laughs> continue so you're at work you're contributing he's contributing he's again he's not censoring himself he's not taking full responsibility so Tristan continue <laughs> so while you're saving the world something happens at work uh, yeah so where our offices has windows that look up to where uh, people have to approach our research centre mm -hmm. where the aquariums are and uh, some of the basically my office is almost all men and a lot of the researchers that come through are female students and female researchers. The guys would tend to sit around there and stare as the girls 
walk up towards the building. And uh, it took me a little while to build up the gusto to, to comment on it, but listening to the podcast actually really helped there. Tristan, we love you. And uh, so eventually I confronted that behaviour, um, talked to them about it, and now they don't at least do it in front of me. <laughs> Christian, listen, one battle at a time. And you've probably made some of them think, you know, and gone, yeah, actually, we shouldn't do this. And maybe some of them will tell the others, which is absolutely great. Yeah. Tristan, we love that. Thank you so much. Um, in return, Tristan... In return, Tristan, we will stop jokingly objectifying you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, anybody has... Yes. Hello. Hello. Hi. What's your name? Uh, my name is May. May. Yes. Big round of applause for May. What, what are you going to tell us, May? Uh, so I teach people to jiggle their bodies and enjoy it. I think that's quite feminist. So I, I teach and perform burlesque. You teach and perform burlesque? Yes. And, and give me an example. Oh, well, so last fortnight, so two weekends ago, we had our student showcase where we've been teaching them for uh, a whole term. They've been putting together solo or group performances. I actually had one student who was adamant not to perform. She was like, oh, it's all very fun, but I won't perform. And... She then started to see one of the other lasses who wanted to perform but couldn't. And she said, oh, it's such a shame that I can't perform to support and help her do that show. And I said, well, why? What's stopping you from performing? Assuming she had something on, couldn't make it. She just said, oh, I have a really negative body image. And so I said, but that's what we're here for. We're here to break that down. And so with a bit of tender love and care and sharing lots of fabulous plus-size performers from around the world with her, four days before the show, she decided to perform for the very first oh, time. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, May, did I bump into you at the airport yesterday? You sure did, yes. Um, <laughs> did you tell me that one of your friends does a character called Emmeline Spankhurst? That is correct. <laughs> for that alone, a huge round of applause. May, if people want to come to burlesque classes, and I've sensed that they do. Excellent. Um, where do they go? So I'm in the Sutherland Shire and Wollongong area, but you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and online, May De La Rue, M-A-E-D-E-L-A-R-U-E. And there's just pretty fabulous things to watch and like and come along and learn. Excellent. May De La Rue, everybody! <laughs> Wollongong is Waliway, isn't it? Yeah. Has anyone come further than Wollongong? Yes. Where have you come from? Tasmania. For this. Now, just, just to be very clear, you've got to have come for this. You can't just go, Italy. I'm here on a working visa. I live in Sydney. That's not from. That's like, how, how, did you come from Tasmania for this? You came for a conference and saw this was on. We will take it. Um, anybody else? You've come from Dubbo, especially for this? Or are you at the same conference? You come from Dubbo for this. I don't know how impressive that is because I'm not sure how far away Dubbo is. How far? Five hours in the car. Can anyone do better than five hours in the car? Townsville? That's miles away. Is that you, Tristan? <laughs> Tristan, have you come from Townsville? For this? How far away is Townsville? Isn't that closer to Brisbane? But why, why didn't you come to the Brisbane show? Oh, your family live near here. So you've flown back and you're, you've gathered your family. Are you with your family? Are you with your mum, Tristan? You're making it really difficult, Tristan, all right? Tristan's brought his mum. Tristan, Tristan is supporting marine biologists to save the barrier reef. 
while telling them, don't look at young women walking up staircases. And then coming into state to bring his mum to this show. I don't really let people, because normally, honestly, the bar is so low for men that, no, it is, it is, because a man will say, I'm a primary school teacher, and everyone will go, oh my God, I have my babies. And I'm like, no, come on. And like, how many, how many women in this, in this audience are teachers? And women or non-binary people are teachers? Yeah, nobody, everyone's just like, well, you should be. If it's a man, they're all like, oh my God, and he picked up his own baby. Um, the bar is very low, but Tristan, Despite the low general bar for men, Tristan's ri- raising that bar. That's all I'm saying. Um, well done, Tristan's mother. I give you all the credit. Yeah. Well done. Model way to raise a son. Are you proud of him? Very proud, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Oh, they're now hugging. Oh, no, it's too much now. Um, It's too much. Okay. So, look, finally, before I bring on our next act, I just want to ask, has anyone got a project that they need help with or they could do with the help? Yes, you're bursting. Um, Could you come out here? Lovely. What's your name? Grace. Big, sorry? Chris. Big applause for Chris. Chris, come to the mic. Have you got a real problem that you need help with? Um, yeah, so I started um, after Sydney's first lockdown a night, a performance night for uh, trans and gender diverse people. Yes. Um, I'm trans and non-binary. Yes. And um, I have top surgery tomorrow, by the way. Oh, wow. Oh. Well, thank you for coming here the night before. I hope we give you lots of confidence and, and solidarity and good luck. Yeah, I don't know whether the adrenaline's coming from that or, or this right now, but... Um, <laughs> anyway, so I started this night, and then when we had the lockdown, uh, we took it online, and we were doing them on Zoom. We had, like, 130 people on each show, and uh, I was contacted by a group of um, LGBTQIA refugees... Um, they're, uh, they're in Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya, which is the second largest wow. refugee camp in the world. They're from Uganda. Uh, there's 56 adults and there's children as well. And I was contacted by a, a gender-fluid trans woman called Lucretia. And um, she, the, the name of the show is Queers of Joy. So she was like, Queers of Joy, what is this? I need to find out what this queer joy is because she's never associated the word queer with joy. And um, so, yeah, so that was in August last year, and we invited them to come on to the next online show on Zoom, and they came and we interviewed them, and they pre-recorded, like, a lip-sync with a group of them. And so since then, we've been doing a show every two months, and they pre-record a, 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 a performance, and we show it on the big screen. It's at the Red Rattler in Marrickville. Um, <laughs> next show's August 11th. Um, August 11th, put it in your diaries now. You're allowed to get your phone out to put it in your diaries. August 11th. So we've also set up a website for them where they can blog and share their stories because they, uh, and we have um, my wife, Danica, um, and I, we hold uh, fortnightly Zoom calls with them where they get to share what's going on with them and it's kind of like peer-to-peer support. Um, And they just experience being heard and, and having a sense of community and connection and that they're not alone. And um, so we've set up a website called freeblock13.com and on there you can donate to them um, and there's other ways that you can help out as well. Great. So it's so we go to the website freeblock13, is yeah. it .com? Yeah. Free, freeblock13.com and is that the block they're in? They... So yeah, they're, they're all... So there's 200,000 people in this camp. They're uh, what's known as Block 13 um, and they have sort of gathered together to live in their own block because they, well, one thing I forgot to share was that Lucretia said that they receive daily intimidation, threats, harassment oh. from other refugees. Oh, God. And um, because they're Ugandan, people know straight away that they must be LGBTQIA, because oh, why no. else would a Ugandan be in a refugee camp? And um, they had their shelter burnt down. Mm. Um, someone lost their life in that, sh- in that fire in March 2020. 
Um, but with one of the first, we on the first Zoom call they came on, we raised three thousand dollars, and um, it just goes to a PayPal account, and I send it straight to them, and um, they were able to rebuild the shelter and make a school for their for the kids. And um, wow, yeah. That's absolutely amazing. Um, we should try and raise something for you tonight. Um, I don't know, I'll put in $200. Is, will anyone, can anyone else match that? Has anyone got a good job? Not you, Tristan. Um, <laughs> has anyone got a good job and will we'll put in 50, 100, or 200? Just shout out. Yep, okay. Um, can anyone put in five? Yep, 10? Great. If you can only put in one or you can't put in anything, you could send it to the richest people in your WhatsApp groups. I feel like that's better than retweeting. I'm not saying don't retweet, but I'm saying actually target somebody. And this is, I'll tell you what's a good one for this one. Sydney, do you know how many rich white gays you have? (laughs) Lots. Lots of rich white gay men. Um, And they, if you, it's, it's, you just just say, look, you know what it was like here in Australia in the 60s. And you need to pay that forward. You need to pay that forward right now. Because someone fought for you and someone, someone put money in for you. So go on your WhatsApp groups and find people who will donate to this and in fact could become patrons of this who are, this is the way we've got to think now. We can't just, we can't just be like, tw- everything gets tweeted and Instagrammed into the ether and no one really acts. Everyone just sh- continues to share. So if everybody tonight could put in between, you know, $5 and, you know, $200 if you've got a really good job and you don't mind or you've got some affiliation or share it with somebody that you know and or share it with someone you know who actually has money. Um, and I know $200 is a lot for a lot of people, but I feel like we're putting on this show, so I should give some of my fee. So what about uh, if we all do that? And it's free block... 13. Free block 13, okay? Com. Okay, freeblock13.com. Uh, you can take your phone out... And you can just bring up the link or you can just write it in your notes and just make sure you do it either tonight or in the next 24 hours. Do something, even if it's just share it on Facebook. Do something for Free Block 13 because that's the power of us all being together. That is truly the power of feminism. And, you know, just them knowing that as well, like, you know... You, crisp you being able to say hey you know we went to the guilty feminist and this happened will lift their spirits so much i don't know if any of you visited refugee camps but something like that just somebody's trying somebody's heard somebody's seen us it lifts morale for so long and allows sometimes people to continue for a year in better spirits um so maybe we could make them a little video as well later on tonight that would that would be awesome yeah great thank you thank you chris thank you Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you on for an exciting night here at the State Theatre, Guilty Feminists of Sydney? Um, Well, I'm going to ask you this because as we've gone around the UK and Australia, New Zealand, um, different audiences want a different show. So I need to ask what kind of show you want so I can tell the performers at the back if I'm completely honest. Um, I played the Royal Shakespeare Company in Stratford-upon-Avon, and I said to them in the first 10 minutes, I, I think you've brought more intellect than spirit. Um, 
and uh, I, I, I felt like as it is sometimes they, they want, a certain audience might want a show that's a bit like you know ABC Radio at three o'clock in the afternoon, and you're listening to an interesting conversation, and sometimes you smile wryly and you nod, and you go, oh, that was a good point, yeah, and that, <laughs> you might do a little chuckle um, as you drink your second cup of tea. And you pop out to another room and come back, but you don't pause it because you get the idea. Um, so I'm going to do a clapometer. If you want the show to be like that, clap when my hand is here. If you'd like it to be more like a good evening down the pub, smash the patriarchy. If you'd like it to be a revolution, teach River Archie, clap now. Keep that applause going for the one, the only, the legendary, my favourite, Wow, Deborah Francis White! Oh, it's so, it is so lovely to be back in a room with people. It's just so wonderful after so long of, of doing things on Zoom. It's just so nice to be with people. I feel like over the, the last couple of years, we've had a few little discoveries. I know there's lots of teachers in here tonight. I feel like over, um, you had remote learning for a bit, didn't you? I, I hope that the pandemic has taught us two things. The first one is that teachers deserve to be paid a million bucks a year. And the second one is, maybe it is your kid that's the asshole. I feel like there may have been a few epiphanies over the past couple of years. Oh, maybe it is Jaden. That's what I reckon, that's what I reckon. I, I think manners have changed a little bit too. I think now when, now when anyone coughs, no one says, excuse me, they say, it's not COVID. <laughs> so a little, little bit of a manners change there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just loving being back with audiences. The first, gig, the first gig that I did out, once we were out and about again, I went to Queensland and I, I was doing a gig uh, at the Barden Bowls Club. Um, if you're not familiar with the Barden Bowls Club, it's like Wembley Stadium but not in any way. <laughs> it's a suburb of Brisbane. I didn't know anything about Baden, so I'm in the, in the Uber on the way there, and I say to the Uber driver, what can you tell me about Baden? Like, is it a... I, I was thinking, you know, you might tell me it was a wealthy suburb, or it was poor, or it was dangerous, or, you know, like, it was a high concentration of, of advertising people. I didn't know what he was going to say. And then the driver said, well, when I worked for the water and sewage company 15 years ago, they were having issues with their water pressure. I was like, I don't know if Baden Bowls Club's going to go for that. Um, but they did. They fucking ate it up. They loved it. Oh, oh, we talked about shit showers for so long. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> lots of lots of people did stuff over lockdown, over the various lockdowns. I just call I, I just call it all lockdown. Like there was one. Like I know you had a couple. Melbourne had six hundred and forty-two. I've I've just called it the lockdown because I no longer understand how time works. I don't know if anyone else is finding that. I've, and when someone asks me when something happened, I go, well, it could have been on Wednesday or it might have been eight years ago. Like, I just... So when, when someone asks me about stuff now, I've just started saying, at some point during my life. And that's all I can do about it. I, um, I decided to, to um, shake things up a little bit. I, um, I went on a show, went on a reality TV show. Having said I would never, ever do it, I would never, ever do it, I did I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Although, by that stage of the pandemic, it was less I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here and more I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Anything. I said I'd never do it. I said I hated it, uh, but I did it, and, and it was the most bizarre, wonderful experience. Like, I had a great time. I feel like I've joined a cult with terrible catering. Like, I actually I had a great time. It was just like being on school camp, except, um, you know, you spent your day getting to know each other, and occasionally one of you would be taken away to be vomited on. Like, it was just this bizarre, wonderful experience, and the, the twist of this year was that uh, there was a, a, a guy in there called The David, who allegedly was a world-famous shoe designer, but the twist was he wasn't actually the David, he was just a David, a guy from the Gold Coast who had lied to us about his celebrity status. And I fell for it. I fell for it. I completely believed that he had 8 million Instagram followers and that he was a shoe designer. I was excited about the boots he'd promised me. I was so convinced he was really who he said he was that he invented a photo that was supposedly him falling down some nightclub stairs in front of Lindsay Lohan, and I said I'd seen it. <laughs> seen it and not just once he kept bringing it up and I go I know the photo I've seen it I've seen the photo I've seen the photo 
photo. I've seen the photo. I've seen the photo. What I'm saying is I'm supportive but unreliable. <laughs> I, had, I had a great time. Obviously, there were, there were yucky bits. I had to eat a, way more animal genitalia than I'd ever intended to do. I just, I mean, who knew that turkeys had testicles? I mean, probably Mrs. Turkey, but I had no idea. Uh, it was like a tiny football. It was not pleasant. Uh, I also had to eat, um, I had to eat a pig's penis. Not a sentence I ever thought I'd be able to say. And I don't know whether you know this, but pigs' penises are corkscrews. Now, I had heard that, but I thought it was just pig hype. I thought it was just pigs trying to be interesting on Tinder or something. But no, pigs' penises are actually corkscrews, which I think is so they can um, impregnate sows and open their wine. And I can tell you with great confidence, I will never again eat another pig's penis. Or indeed any spiral pasta. People told me lots of stuff going in. I talked to a couple of friends that had done the show uh, and they said things like, oh, you're going to discover you're more resilient than you thought you were. You're going to come out with friendships that will last for life. But what no one warned me about is that now my husband puts absolutely no effort into cooking. He's like, well, I've seen what you'll eat. And I went in thinking that I would, I would hate at least two people, but I didn't. I loved everybody that was in there. The person that I was probably that had the least in common with, and it was like the polar opposite of me, was Joey Essex, a very handsome English reality star, a man who's done every single episode of every reality show ever. Like, he was, he was fascinating to me. Whatever you talked about, he'd done a reality show on it. Like, to the point where you could go, I can hold my breath for four minutes. And he'd go, I, I can hold my breath for four and a half minutes, because I did a show called I Can Hold My Breath for Four and a Half Minutes. Like, he was incredible, and he was the most physical coordinated person I'd ever met and just randomly you'd be having a chat and he'd go I'm a really good skipper and you'd be like how good at skipping can you be and then he would skip and you'd be like you're a fucking great skipper he was absolutely amazing. He's <laughs> incredible. I, um, I didn't win the show, but what I did was, I think my prize was becoming friends with Poe, Poe the chef, who is just, the best thing in the world is making Poe laugh. It's just fantastic. And I got to stay with her over the Adelaide Fringe Festival, and she let me work on her store. She's got a market store. And I was really excited about working on the store with beautiful pastries and pies and cakes and everything. And uh, my job was to wrap pies and shout out people's names. And when I say wrap pies, I mean wrap them up. I don't mean like, here's a little story about chicken and leek. I don't mean... (laughs) But I would if asked. So that was my job. I was really excited about it because it's the closest I've ever come to having a proper job. And what I discovered working at Poe's store was the very tenuous connection people feel with their own names. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that. I got my little pie, my first little order. I wrap it all up. I get my little pie, take it out to the front of the counter, and I go, Christine? 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 And finally, after about seven minutes, this woman who'd been eyeballing me the whole time went, oh, that's me. <laughs> and like, I know I've got an accent, but I think that was recognisable. <laughs> I can't believe it. Like, if I, if, I, if I have ordered something, I am poised like a meerkat riding a cheetah, right? <laughs> like, I'm there. I'm there. As soon as you get the cat out of your mouth, I've got my fucking pie. Like, I'm just... <sighs> so relaxed about ordering and like like it'd be like oh I've placed my order now I'm off to start a garden like just just and then then I had another little parcel of pies got my little bag of pies I go up and go Stephen 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 I started to entertain myself and I was like Stephen Finally, after 10 minutes, a guy walks up and goes, have you got one for Stefan? I was like, is it spelt the same as Stephen? He went, I don't know. And I went, well, I don't know either. Have your fucking pie. I was so angry. And like, I get it. I get it because I have a name that people get wrong, right? But I allow for that. I have a name that people get wrong. So if you call out Carol or Carl or Coil, I'll be like, yep, if you, you could yell out cargo and I'd be like, probably. Like, like just, just. <laughs> and then my favourite, 
favourite though, my favourite was the last guy, the last customer we had. It was 12 o'clock. Everything had sold out of the store because it was all so beautiful. Everything had sold out except for four sweet potato pasties in the pie warmer. There was no other piece of pastry in the store. It's four sweet potato pasties in the pie warmer. And a guy walks up to us and he says to Emma, who was the grown-up helping me, he said... What pies have you got left? And she said, we've just got four sweet potato pasties in the pie warmer. And he said, I'll have a steak and kidney pie. (laughs) And I said, not unless you're a time traveller, sir. (laughs) I mean, what it taught me is that people are adorable fuckwits. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And I understand, I mean, I understand how difficult it can be. Like, my son, my son is called Digby, and um, he, he came to me the other day, he's 13, he came to me the other day, and he was really serious, and I was like, oh my God, what's happened? And he was like, Mum, I'm thinking of using a fake name at Boost Juice. <laughs> and he, he said it to me as if he thought he was committing identity fraud, like... <laughs> He goes, they never get Digby right, so I'm just going to go with a false name. And I was like, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. What, what's your fake name? And he goes, Kevin. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met a 13-year-old Kevin. I think, I think Kevins are born at the age of 40, and then they're just 40 until they die. I think that's how it works. But we, 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 went, we, we go to Boost Juice. The, he, he orders, I pay. The one says, what name is it under? And she looks at me. And I turned to him and went, what's your name? <laughs> I just want to know what her side of that story is. Like, whether she's gone, oh my God, a, a poor aunt with early onset dementia, or whether she's just witnessed human trafficking. I don't know <laughs> what she thought. Um, I, I made a discovery this morning. I'm going to leave you with this discovery, and I can promise you that you will not forget this thing that I'm about to tell you. Even if you already knew this, you are going to go away and this will stay in your mind, right? I made a very obvious discovery the other day and I was so, I blew my own mind. I was so enthralled by this discovery that I made. I went and Googled it to make sure that I'm right and I'm right. The sunglasses are called Ray-Bans because they ban rays. Ray-Bans ban rays. They ban rays. Two sorts of people in here tonight. People are going, of course, that's why they're fucking called Ray-Bans. And the rest of us who are like... (laughs) I can guarantee that you will watch the rest of the show tonight. You will see some incredible feminists. You will laugh your asses off. You will hear some great music. But... You could go out after that on a bender, complete bender. You could wake up tomorrow in a bush at four o'clock in the afternoon with your foot handcuffed to a bike that you don't own and a new face tattoo. One of your eyes is swollen shut. You can't hear anything. And the first words out of your mouth will be, they ban race. <laughs> I have to admit, I've got form in this area. I am a little bit slow to uh, realise things sometimes. Uh, when I was a child, we had a guinea pig for seven years. We had him for seven years. His name was GP. <laughs> we had that guinea pig for seven years. And it wasn't until after GP died that I realised what a GP stood for. I just thought he was a family doctor. I'm going to hand you back over to Deborah Francis White, and I'll see you a bit later on. Carl Wilson, everybody! Isn't she amazing? Our next guest is a poet and artist of Wiradjuri heritage based on sovereign Gadigal land. Her poetry has been published widely and reimagined as murals, installations, digital interventions, and film. I don't think anything I've ever done has been reimagined as a mural. Tristan, can you fix that? (laughs) I trust you. Jazz's poetry has been recognized with the David Unopan Award, among many other accolades. And How to Make a Basket is her first full book. Please put your hands together and make orgiastically revolutionary noises for the incredible Jazz Money! 
poet. Orgiastic doesn't come up in my intro very often, so I'm delighted. Um, yes, like you heard, I am very lucky to live here on Gadigal land um, and pay my respects to custodians past, present and for their ongoing uh, custodianship over these lands and skies and waters. The poem I'm going to read for you guys tonight is something of a love poem to Sydney Mardi Gras, but also not. <laughs> um, I say that as a, as a queer woman who moved to Sydney with like very starry eyes coming up um, from the bush because it's Sydney Mardi Gras. I was like, there's nothing better, that's the pinnacle. And then after a few years, it sort of wore on me a little bit. Um, and so I'm going to read this poem. It's called Mardi Gras Rainbow Dreaming. I hope you like it. The BWS is now a BW yes. As in yes, queen. As in yes, gay pride. As in yes, we co-opted this lingo from black queer communities on the other side of the world. As in beer, wine, spirits is now a place to drink down some black queer liberation on land stolen that locks up black queer bodies if maybe they've had a bit too much beer, wine, spirits, but won't lock up others who snarl as you walk down the street hand in hand with your miso on your way to have a drink. Gay TMs. It's like an ATM, but it's gayer. Holds your hand after, but doesn't leave a number or maybe moves in on Tuesday, or maybe pays for medication, yours or Nan's or somebody else's, or helps some kid get a mental health care plan to figure out why their body don't seem right, but won't grant rights and won't write a check, and won't write to government about bodies that don't fit between two tick boxes, but will give you the option for a receipt. Thank you. See you next time. Don't forget your card. Don't forget your cash. Don't forget your yes, queen. And the Google map shows the route in rainbow to the stadium, where the executive gays and clever rich straights can have front row seats behind the gate to all those genuine gays and genuine straights who thought it would be so cute to be in the corporate float this year and march alongside the police who would absolutely never systematically target the queer community and who are absolutely not built on a legacy of doing just that and who absolutely don't uphold a colony that enforces an ideology that makes no space for non-normative bodies. Just ask the next lot, oh yay, it's the Liberal Party. <laughs> what a special day, what a lovely float. Thanks for spending all that money so everyone could have a vote. Instagram is for Mardi Gras, and Google is for Mardi Gras, and Absolute is for Mardi Gras, and Vodafone is for Mardi Gras, and Sydney is for Mardi Gras, a tourism campaign. And Mardi Gras is for profits under a rainbow banner that holds no one up but gives enough rope to make sure that there is one version of a rainbow and it fits the gaze of execs who had to work so hard to be so correct and even went to their cousin's wedding. Yes, two grooms. And look, this is what the community want. And look, this is a community with cash. And look, money is for Mardi Gras, and Mardi Gras was a protest, but protest isn't sexy when it's hard or anti-excess, so you can wrap your bigotry in glitter and call it progress for a weekend. And none of these corporations speak up when they come for our rights, but hashtag love is love when everything is over, one and done. This is... A all in reference to the 2021 Mardi Gras that was broadcast on the telly this next little bit. The blacks get down on one knee and it doesn't make the broadcast. And the cops get run out, run onto, and it doesn't make the broadcast. And the community float gets their 30 seconds and the corporate float gets their 70 seconds. And the protest before the march is the family event that gets run out, run onto by the cops who tried to block queer-loving protest. 
And on the walk home down Oxford Street dreaming, we get heckled and listen to others screaming, and men with iPhones ask us to kiss for their private archive. And strangers with long-range lenses take photos for who knows what archive not asking. Yes, Queen, Mardi Gras dreaming. Sydney wears its corruptness, never fearing, and no need to shame your rum colony feeding, rum colony breeding more cops who can run out, run onto those who can't afford to pay. Thank you, thank you, Sydney, for our special diluted day. Just money, everybody! After the interval, Jazz Money will be on the sofa with Maeve Marsden and Julia Zamiro, Cal Wilson and me, and we will be talking about telling your own story and the power of story. Hannah Gadsby says story is our cure, and I really think that's right. I really feel like if we share stories and people can understand and empathize, it can really change everything, but how do we do that? It's really easy for someone to say, tell your story. What if you don't have the confidence? What if you don't have a medium? What if you think, well, I don't know if I'm good at anything? So how do we become DIY storytellers, and how do we best tell those stories? And that's the discussion we're going to be having after the interval. Have you enjoyed the first half so far? Thank you to everybody who so far has come down to the front and told their own story in some way or another. Um, Just before I bring on the final act of this half, does anyone else have anything else they want to tell us about that they want help with? Yes, that's me. Who's, who are you? Hello, Shannon. Hi. I just started working for the first Muslim woman in any parliament in Australia. She's a green senator. What's her name? Mary Fruki. You're trying to fight for climate action in Australia. What do you want help with? What can we do? Tell Labour to stop coal and gas mines. Tell Labour to stop doing what to gas mines? No new coal and gas. No new coal and gas. No mines. Okay. So what did you say? Stop polling. Holing. Oh, stop colon. Oh, I see, I see, I see, I see. I thought you were saying stop holing gas mines, and I thought it was obviously an Australian mining term. Um, yeah, there's some gas down there. Do you want to hole it? Yeah, if you hole it. Do you know what a hole is? It's a mine. Put a hole in the ground? That's a mine, my friend. That's right, mate. Hole it right now. And so what we're asking you to do is to tell Labour, no holes in the ground, mate. We've got enough holes, mate. No fracking, no holing, no mining. How do we get, how, how would you, how are you uh, uh, campaigning to get energy? Uh, join the Greens, we started. Join the Greens, yeah. yeah. Um, and tell Labour, write to your local MP, write to your local senator, no more coal and gas. No more coals, no more coal. Um, all right, so r- write to your Labour MP, because I hear you've had, a, you've had another new Prime Minister since I've been gone. Normally, that's never good news. Normally, I come back and they go, we've got another one, it is worse. And for years, I was coming to Australia with a guilty feminist, and literally, sometimes I'd come twice a year, and every single time, there'd be a new Prime Minister. And I was getting to the point of saying, have you tried eHarmony Australia? But finally, finally, Labour won an election and it was some good frickin' news. If anyone's got time to briefly consult on how we could do that in the UK, because we've just had a, we've had a Prime Minister say he's stepping down, but not yet. And I think he's trying to pull a Trump. Have you seen? He's going, oh, well, I mean, I get awfully confused and my hair's a mess. Maybe I didn't mean to resign. 
So we don't know, honestly, if we're getting a new prime minister or not. It's not absolutely clear. I think they're going to have to carry him out. But if anyone's got any ideas after many, many years of a right-wing government how to get a left-wing government, does anyone know how you did it? Now, that, that last one, I feel, was the answer. What did you say? Oh, they're not left-wing. Oh, okay, okay. So you got a left-wing government by getting in a government that wasn't strictly left-wing. It was just called Labour. But do you feel more hopeful than you did before? Yes! Excellent. Just give us a cheer if you feel more hopeful. Okay. So that was the first half. Join us for part two, which should be in your feed right now. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.